Sometimes you just need to scream. Yeah. That's pretty true. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Sydney, and you're listening to the Feminist Airhorn. Feminist Airhorn is a Card Carrying Books and Gifts podcast. At Card Carrying, we're committed to encouraging conversation among young people about feminism, politics, and the various other issues they find important, but don't often get the chance to voice their opinions on. In today's episode, we invite Sean, the Feminist Airhorn producer, to join us in a talk about feminism and masculinity. Hello, this is Sydney, and this is Sarah, and we already have this bit recorded. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm used to it because of Good Morning Hawks. That's how Good Morning Hawks is like, Good Morning Hawks, this is Sydney, and I'm Sarah. Today is Tuesday. Uh, well, I'm leaving again. All right, good. So, we do have a guest today, Sydney, would you like to introduce them? Yes. This is Sean. He is... <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, here. Yes, our guest today is Sean Lukasik. He is the producer of the Feminist Airhorn and a good friend of both of us and our families. Thanks for having me on. Usually I'm just uh, observing and listening as you're recording, so it's nice to chat with you. Try not it's, not, to... it's not as awkward. Try like... not to laugh out loud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome, I'm the Sean. one that's always there and just weirdly quiet. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we wanted to have Sean on to sort of turn the mic on him to uh, give him a break from not talking, I guess. <laughs> um, what sort of questions do you have or what question do you want to start with for Sean? Um, I wanted to quickly talk about Justin Baldoni who is one of my favorite actors, and he's on Jane the Virgin, and he always has just excellent things to say about feminism and um, being man enough, I guess, and I'm saying that with air quotes. Um, And there's just, I know there's a lot of pressure to always be extremely masculine and I guess just like tough and kind of mean Mm -hmm. in today's society, and that causes a lot of abuse on both ends, especially emotionally. Mm -hmm. So... Sean, would you say you've ever been affected by that? By the the need to uh, like withhold a societal standard for being manly or something? Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's something that um, is sort of always present, and I think it's something that uh, is so ingrained and not necessarily something that I like am, am actively thinking about, but um, I'm always aware of. Like, what is my role in uh, my friendships? What is my role in, in relationships, in someone who owns a business? Um, and I think that there's a lot of standards that can have some preconceived notions about what my role should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anytime the word should comes up, like what I should be doing, um, I like to think about where does that voice come from? Where does that word should, like according to who? Um, and if it's not according to me, or if it's not according to the people that I um, like and respect and trust enough in the world, then that's when I really start to rethink um, choices that I make or 
you know, the position that I might be in. So that's the way that I kind of grapple with that a little bit. Um, and I think some standards are okay and some are not okay at all. But um, what's important to me is that I look at them and I explore them and I figure out where they come from, who do they come from, and um, how can I own my own way about going through the world. Interesting. Do you feel like some of that hits home for you? Yeah, I mean, as a young girl, they're kind of opposite expectations, I guess, from society and people. And my parents always tell me that I should be the person that I want to be and I can have whatever personality, I guess, I want as long as it's kind. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, girls are expected to be softer and not to be as smart or as loud or anything. And I'm very loud and I like to think that I'm pretty intelligent, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that this new generation is a lot better about that with parents and adults around us. Mm -hmm. But I definitely still see it there from boys in my school that are mm. just kind of ignorant. <laughs> Where I think with young people especially, because we don't have these conversations a lot, and people have those preconceived notions about what it means to be uh, gender, one gender or another. Um, people aren't thinking about it. It's mm -hmm. not, they don't go around thinking about, I don't know, what it means to be me all the time, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it is good, I think, to take a step back and take those shoulds into consideration. That's probably been one of the most important lessons that I've learned um, as an adult is that considering where that should comes from um, and just acknowledging that if it's coming from something that's out there in society that's an expectation of someone else's, um, what does that really mean? How important really is that? Mm -hmm. yeah. So. Yeah, and it's important, I think, in a lot of different ways. Like, it's mm -hmm. important in um, maybe your religion, in the, the things that are your traditions, holiday traditions, or just mm -hmm. family traditions, um, the way that you celebrate things, or the way that you react positively or negatively to mm -hmm. things, um, being able to explore the why, and, you know, think about what should I do versus what do I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, I like I like approaching things that way as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And I think the issue of masculinity and the way that it can be so toxic and so limiting to people um, is really interesting. And like you said, Sid, it's very similar to they really are the exact opposites of the way that we expect girls to be. Right. Um, they're, they really are just total opposites in every way. Um, and I think it's so, I don't know, it's such a, they're such tough topics to, well, bring up in any sort of casual conversation because mm -hmm. you're automatically like broaching a subject that people are often not used to talking about and or not comfortable talking about. They, can, they become very defensive when talking about mm -hmm. it. Yes. Especially, I think, in conversations having, like, I found this when I would do education. It was hard for me as a woman to reach 
teenage boys in the same way mm -hmm. because obviously they don't I they don't look at me and like identify immediately with me um, and they also can get on the defense which I think is a very human way to get especially when it's about a topic that you've not been you've not been taught to look at from the outside yeah you know we're not going around telling people like well consider your like what it means to you to be masculine or act like a man rather than what society associates with masculinity what does it mean to you personally um i do think that we are seeing a lot of changes in that um i mean i know there are several authors or speakers who talk about that a lot um, and have seen that it's a really important thing that needs to be addressed um, and are trying to get the word out there but it is there's a lot of pushback mm -hmm. um, as there is with so many of these topics, topics that make people consider consider things that they aren't used to mm -hmm. having to think about in that way. Yeah, I think um, that makes me think about, you know, in 2017, the, the Oxford Dictionary Word of the mm -hmm. Year was feminism, and you think about the feminist movement and the Me Too movement and the things that came to light in 2017 that made them make that decision. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the word permission. Um, I think one of the key differences between um, men and women and the way society thinks about men and women is that men don't often ask or feel the need to ask permission uh, as often as women do. And um, that's something that men need to get used to. Like, you know, in a lot of ways, men, men need permission just as much as anyone else. And um, certainly when you're talking about um, sexual relationships and, uh, you know, any, any sort of relationship, mm -hmm. the need for permission is crucial. Mm -hmm. um, but I think on the, on the positive side of that, one of the things that feminism and the, the movement in 2017 particularly and moving forward um, towards a more feminist future is that women are not asking for anyone's permission to have this movement um, and that's the whole point of it and so the, the powerful phrase is I am a feminist not that I need anyone's permission to be that and that's true for men and women um, not that uh, you're ever going to ask permission but the, the I am phrase is a very powerful one and People hesitate to use that phrase, um, whether it's, you know, I am a dancer, I am a painter. Um, you hear a lot of people kind of walk back from that a little bit and say, well, I like to dance or I like to paint. Um, I'd like to get better at it. But they, they don't refer to themselves always as the things that they do. And so um, feminist feminism to me has been so, it is so inspiring because of that lack of permission, lack of asking permission in a positive way in this case, that no, I am a feminist and these are the things, this is what that means to me. Um, and women and men, as I said, can, can take ownership of their own feminism equally. I was just gonna use that word ownership. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. Um, it is about agency and about claiming it as well and take and be willing to take up the space mm -hmm. and be loud enough to claim feminism as your belief system or
however you want to, whatever you want to call it, whatever it means to you. Um, yeah, I think. And I'd say, like, if we're talking about permission, I have to tie in what recently happened with Aziz Ansari. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw that on Instagram and one of the many feminist-based accounts mm-hmm. that I follow, and I was like, no. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I was in the backseat of the car, and Sarah was in the car with yeah. mom and dad, and I was like, no, this can't be happening. He was on Parks of Recreation, or Parks and Recreation, which is my favorite show of all time. Mm-hmm. And I love that show. It has Amy Poehler in it. Mm-hmm. And then I find that this happens with him, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. How, this, <laughs> how is this happening? Yeah, that one really hit home. Yeah. I think in the past, in regards to the men we've seen be accused of these crimes, um, it's felt like a lot of them it hasn't been surprising. Right. Just because of the movies they've chosen to make or the rumors that have probably been going around or like just the way you pick up on people. Right. Um, even ones you don't know, the way they present themselves to the rest of the world can give you insight into who they actually are. So I think the fact that um, in this case with Aziz, yeah, I know your mother and I were both really like, really? <laughs> this one was really hard because he's somebody who's presented himself not just as an ally as, as women, a feminist, but as a feminist. And I will say, though, people that say feminism isn't influential and powerful... Mm-hmm. Something as timid as him just, or I guess not timid, but as tame, quite frankly, based on what's happened recently, but something as tame as just him making this woman say no thank you several times, that's being revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's being revealed as a problem. Um, and obviously that's linked to permission, lack of permission. Right. Um, there are huge gaps in education in this country and health education about what consent is, um, who needs to get consent, how you get consent. It's not a topic that's talked about a lot, or if it is, it's talked about once and that's it. Everyone gets the talk and then, well, not everyone gets the talk. That's a problem. It's far too people, far too few people even get a talk rather than a continual discussion about, um, permission about consent. Um, so it is, it was really, this was really a tough one because he was supposed to be on our side. Right. That's how it felt. It was it surprising. Felt like a that was the thing. It was surprising. Yeah. Like a bunch of these men that have been revealed and talked about, it was like, this is awful. This is horrible. But it's not surprising. Mm-hmm. And it's been going on for decades. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really. It was a, it was a rough day. Yeah. Well, it goes back to that need to, like, keep revisiting, um, keep exploring, keep having the conversation, whether you're literally in the moment Mm -hmm. or you are just considering your day or, Mm -hmm. you know, what you're going to do, how you're going to dress or whatever, you know, the the need to revisit uh, because things things change, and again, in the moment or not... um, and things can change, and, and uh, revisiting that conversation is mm-hmm. important. Yeah, I've had a lot of conversations lately about, or and I've been reading a lot of, a lot of things that other feminists are writing about it as well. 
is the idea of uh, some people think that men can't be feminists they could be allies but not feminists mm -hmm. and i think some of that has to do with your definition of feminism right um to me someone who sees feminism as meant for only benefiting women um or focus just on women rather than on making humans better mm -hmm. to me that's not feminism people who don't include trans women or um other genders to me that's not feminism that's just kind of it's just limiting it can't be limiting it it's has only to. helping so many people yeah yeah um, so and I think that's a really interesting discussion too because I don't I see why people might want to use the word ally instead of feminists to describe men who support feminism or who identify as feminists I feel very strongly that people should be allowed to and encouraged to identify themselves in whatever way yeah. they feel comfortable with. I'm never going to um, say that because of who someone is, they can't call themselves something. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, to some degree, there's still such a stigma attached to the word that if anyone's using the word feminist in regards to themselves, I'm just happy that they're willing to be on board with the word like right. sometimes that's the first step <laughs> um so it's it's been a really interesting time yeah. but yeah yeah do you have any other questions for sean no i don't <laughs> <laughs> well it's been super interesting listening to all of the episodes um as they're being recorded mm. and hear the thought process um and so it's cool to be mm -hmm. a part of the this conversation in particular and um, just a part of like hearing what's what you're putting out to the world it's super inspiring thank you thank you Sean you're inspiring too oh thanks Sid you're so welcome <laughs> <laughs> so what's making you optimistic Sid why don't you go first so you can model this for Sean even though he's seen it happen a million times <laughs> <laughs> I'm optimistic because it is I, I feel, and it's very up and down, but it's getting warmer outside, and we live in upstate New York, and currently, it feels like a whole 10 degrees. Double digits. <laughs> Double, Double digits. digits. Like, it's the little things. I, I will pull it up right Without now. Without a minus sign in front <laughs> I of know. It. Doesn't feel like negative two. Yeah. Um, it is currently 22 degrees out. That is a And it way. feels like 13. <laughs> awesome. And we live in upstate New York, and I'm very happy for that. I'm, I'm optimistic about it becoming warmer, even though it's January. <laughs> you know, actually, that's a fair point. I'm optimistic about the temperature as well, because I have seen the days getting longer. Because yes. you go through that period where, like, it is dark at 4.30, and that is so awful and just makes you want to go home and binge watch something and... I only see do nothing. I only see cold weather. Like I like it cold for Hanukkah and Christmas, and then as like December twenty sixth, it can be warm. I want to go outside and use my new stuff. Like <laughs> I'm done. Unless the new stuff is like a flamingo sled. Yes. Inflatable <laughs> True. flamingo sled. Thank you, Target. <laughs> but I'm also optimistic about the seasons changing and about feeling like the days are getting longer. I just really just want my days back that time. I love summer. Yeah. Sean, what are you optimistic about lately? Um, you know, it's still pretty early in 2018, mm. and 
I'm definitely the type of person that likes to set goals and use um, the holidays and the you know, quiet time after, right after the holidays to reflect on what I'd like to accomplish and, and just kind of like re-inspire myself and, and trying, try to um, set new goals for myself. So I'm still in that mode. I'm still feeling really optimistic about 2018 mm -hmm. and, and um, the things that will happen this year, uh, whether, you know, I'm, ex I'm optimistic for political wins this year. I'm optimistic mm -hmm. for um, changes in, in my own business and entrepreneurial ventures. Um, and I'm optimistic for uh, my friendships, for uh, my family relationships. Um, several people that I know are pregnant right now. And so there will be new people in the world by the there end of be. 2018 mm -hmm. that will make a big impact on my life. So, um, yeah, feeling pretty optimistic in general. Awesome. I just realized now we're gonna have to try another high five. Oh yeah. Let's move it in, people. <laughs> okay. It's a three-person oh, high five. Jesus. One, two, three. Oh, we nice. missed. <laughs> I can only focus on like one <laughs> time. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Feminist Airhorn. You can learn more about card-carrying books and gifts by finding us on Facebook or Instagram at Card Carrying Shop. Our website is www.cardcarryingshop.com. Thanks for listening.